Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Okay, yeah. Into the mic. He's got. He's recording now. Wow. I'm on it. Producer wow. Matt. Wow. <laughs> I love this new role Holy you stepped yourself into. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah the, I, just, I don't know what it is. When I was a kid, I used to love wrapping gifts. And then oh, as I, I got older. Oh, I never liked wrapping gifts. I hate wrapping gifts. And I was like, I understand now the grief that my parents went through. The joy you know, that is the gift bag. As a kid, were you yeah. any good at wrapping gifts? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. I'm OCD. Of course I was good at uh, wrapping okay. gifts. That's okay. <laughs> true. I, I have learned some wrapping skills since my youth, but I can't say that I'm that much better. Mm-hmm. My wrapping skills suck. Yeah, mine too. You're no M&M. I'm so glad those bags exist. <laughs> okay. Th- all right. Took me a moment. Yeah. But, all right. Well, you know. Really? It took you a moment? Well, when Jeff says M&M, I think peanut. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> Every time he said rapping, I was hearing Christmas rapping. At least yeah. I didn't go dun, really obscure dun, and say dun, you're dun, no dun, Marshall dun, Mathers. Dun, 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 well, wait, wait, dun, wait, dun, wait. Which character in Peanuts is M&M? Uh, I think it's Pigpen. Oh. Uh, okay. True. <laughs> yes. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 412. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact checked Andy. Producer Matt. <laughs> Weird to talk week and geek. I like it. Mm. I like it. I just want to put it on the record. Tonight. I like the whole rotating name for Matt, actually. No, no, yeah. no. I do, too. I still think he should have a new name every week. I just bet, every but, week. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like that too. <laughs> I like how you guys are all deciding. That's that's great. I love it. I like the I, fact that Torgo's brain. Well, when up you somehow. get a little more seniority, you can oh, decide. Just, okay. Well, I mean, sometimes he'll change it week to week, and then sure. sometimes he'll go months without changing it. So, right. Just yeah. saying, you know, he's not an easy man to pin down. That's not, well. <laughs> never mind. Wow. Not, not going to go there. No. Wow. <laughs> got to get a good grip on the back of the neck. <laughs> oh, okay. <Wow. laughs> There's a special spot for the Canadians that's uh, yeah. like the Vulcan neck pinch. Right, exactly. I'm sure Paulette has a few moves to pin him down. Like, oh. okay, I yield, I yield. <laughs> oh, you think that's yielding? No. <laughs> that's, the start, that's the start of something much darker. <laughs> Gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Oh, man. Uh, I finished South Park, Fractured Butthole. Happy all the way through? All the way through, yes. Terrific. Uh, Last game was great. Yeah, so, I, I I mean, I will say I still think Stick of Truth is just a little bit better. But okay. if you're a South Park fan, I mean, it's it's highly entertaining. I mean, it's worth what I spent. I'd play Stick of Truth again. That was a fun game. Well, and it came with a free copy of Stick of Truth. So Does it? I have them both on my my Xbox One. There you go. Uh, and and I saw Thor, of course, on Thursday. Uh huh. Who else Thursday saw night. Thor? Raise don't, don't raise your hand. Wait, raise raise hands. Your, okay. <laughs> so I just raise the, Mjolnir. Okay, so the three of you saw Thor. Yes. Excellent. Andy and I still have not. So please, uh, a spoiler-free dissertation on Thor Ragnarok. What do well, you think? Well, the part to, where... I'm trying to think of to say, a movie you've gone to go see on opening night or close to opening weekend. Oh, it's been ages. Yeah. Uh, Might have been it, right? Now even that, I waited a... You, yeah. you saw it on the week. Monday after, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, okay. I guess that's closest, maybe. I would no. say 
to say that it's the best Thor film well, is not, not giving it enough credit. Okay. Because so, to me, that's not it's, hard. It's yeah. one of the better Thor films. And I was going to say one of the better MCU films. Yeah. Would you put it in the top five? I would put it in the top. I'll three. put it in the top ten. Wow! No, top three. <laughs> top it three. Was a lot of really? Fun. You I had, put I had it that high. But no. Winter Soldier will always, always, always right. be my favorite not, as of right now. Did you not also put Doctor Strange in the top three when it came out? That is out of the top three now. Okay. Oh, so kicked oh. down. Okay. Kicked out. Kaboom! Yes. Yeah. So uh, it was four. It was fun. It had its serious moments. Had the right blend of humor, although I, I I would say maybe just a little too much humor. It was definitely following the Guardians of the Galaxy template. That's what but it seemed I like to me. I loved the color palette on it. Oh my yeah. god! It was so. It's just, not just the poster. No, no, it's not just the poster. I mean, even uh, when they're in Asgard, there's much more color popping out on like the Rainbow Bridge, and especially when they get into um, uh, shoot, Kirsten, what's the name of the uh, Sakar. Sakar. It's just, it's nothing but beautiful colors everywhere. And Kirby's really. all over the yeah. artistic oh. design. Costume as well as sets all over. It's insane. So this this so. is the reason to buy the 4K televisions is what I'm hearing. <laughs> oh. with, yeah, when, when, yeah, get that on uh, 4K with the HDR on it. That's going to really pop. Huh. I saw a 4K television, and and by God, yes, it is better. Oh yeah, yeah, wow. Well, it's it's got an. Ins- aren't they aren't they already past that to something yes. else? To they're, 8K. they're 8K, yeah, which is yeah. yeah. Start saving your pennies. What happened to five, six, and seven K? <laughs> the it, most important ones here on the couch. Doubles. Oh, it doubles, Andy. Like what's his name's law? Yeah, because like Jason's law, Moore's law, or something. Yeah, the, you know. Moore's law. Well, it's I mean, it's the the nineteen twenty by ten eighty standard. Oh, here we go. Is two K. Uh, we're and in Jeff's wheelhouse right everything, now. Everything, everything, you know, from there on just doubles. Because I mean, when you get into like quad HD, that's just double the seven twenty. Yeah. So does that mean we're gonna get into like sixteen K and thirty two K? 64K. Consider- 64K! Ah! Oh, now we have old computers. They'll, they'll have to call that the Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> Considering it how long it took them to establish the standards for for high definition and then, then to establish the standards for 4K, I think we're probably another 10 years before we're going to see 8K, even though the sets are here, um, you know. Sure, There's but you no, can't get much for it. Nobody's broadcasting because it gobbles up so much bandwidth. Sure. So, so you can even, buy it, but yay. You, you think I mean, bandwidth will eventually be the limitation? Well, yeah, because they're already having difficulty streaming in 4K country, content. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, yeah. in, in the U.S., where uh-huh. we lag behind every other modernized world and Singapore's internet Singapore's laughing, like <laughs> all those other yeah. worlds. So, yeah, um, even got great K. streaming oh, God, 4K yeah. content without a lot of buffering is a challenge right now. So, I mean, YouTube just finally bumped up to 4K content. Netflix has been offering 4K content. I believe Amazon Prime Video just started. Um, but even so, all those are very limited. Yeah. Probably YouTube has the most. Yeah, they do. Just because that many people can... Well, it. I mean, shoot, my cell phone, which is over a year old, can record 4K video, even though the screen isn't you know, a 4K screen. Sure. So... It's everybody's, you know, if, if especially when the phone manufacturers or camera manufacturers make the default at 4K. Sure. People don't 
oftentimes change their settings. So, yeah, they start recording in 4K, they don't even realize right. it. I can't wait to watch all the kids playing their claw machines on YouTube right? in 4K. <laughs> it's, it, that's, the colors of those plushies are going to pop. <laughs> You think he's joking, but he's absolutely not. We spent what, what was it? We, we spent like an hour and a half, two hours watching dude claw games on on YouTube. And I sat there. I turned to him. I was like, I, "If you had told me a week ago that I would be sitting here watching a video of this, let alone enjoying it, I would have called you absolutely insane." Watching coin pushers for and, hours. Have you guys been doing drugs? What's what the hell's up? With- Wow. Some of it was, especially Andy, when they go to no. Japan, when they go to Japan and the, as complex as these machines were and all the little things that you can you can interact with on those machines, it was actually really amazing. And it's Japan, so it's probably not yeah. plushies, but like used panties or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there I was, there was all different kinds of prizes, but I mean, some of these things, some of these things were the size of a room. Like with multiple stations around it, so you're talking about this massive unit that has. He's like talking about a 30, coin. He's yeah. talking about a coin pusher, right? Yeah, now. like thirty seats around it. It was ridiculous. Well, uh, if you, if you want to see yeah. the, the the channel I'm talking about, it's called Plush Time Wins. It's run by these two. I, I call them kids, uh, but they're in their early twenties, married couple. Uh, Oh, the girl has a really high pitched <laughs> yeah, squeaky I was voice. Say, fair <laughs> warning, she has the squeakiest high pitched voice, and she's not faking. It's but literally her real voice. It's very shrill. The channel uh, is so damned innocent. They touch. They touch by an uncle voice. I love watching <laughs> these kids. That's all they do. They play claw games and and ticket games that's what they do and they have built a huge following doing this well they have yeah everything's a competition so then they have punishments too for who loses the competition oh and they 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 get flown what out kind to of bur- punishments it's it's the it's our kind of punishments where you be, eat the bernie bots beans or oh. it's usually having to eat something horrible gotcha. so it's, it's it's i'll be all over that yeah, yeah, oh you get the next pepper. The only plushy yeah. claw game video I want to watch is the ones where the kids somehow get inside the claw game. I think there is one. <laughs> Come on, parents, save your kids. You got to claw them out. I think there is one episode where one of them's in a claw yeah. machine. That's amazing. I discovered them because there's. I started off watching some Trans World videos. Trans World is the big haunted house convention every year. I love the footage that comes out of that convention. Why is but, it called Trans World? I have no idea. I didn't write it. And they that leaps over to IAPA, which is a convention of carnival owners, arcade owners, and theme park owners. Mm-hmm. And that's where the roller coasters are touting their new things, new rides, new arcade technology. And I happened across these two kids that went to IAPA. And they were f- it was they were fun to watch as they experienced all this stuff. So I'm like, well, what do they do? And their channel's called Plush Time Wins, and that's what they do. Wow. And they're yeah, you actually have me curious about it now, which I yeah, all right. They I have, can't say myself watch it for they, two hours, but if you they, say so, they have no business being as entertaining as they are. Wow. Bringing it back to Thor, though. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, bringing it back to Thor. So Winter Soldier number one for me. Thor number three probably. Oh wow! And I bet you what's going to slide in number two is probably going to be Black Panther because that was the preview. Wait, that wait! Looks... You, you've you've pre-ranked it before yes, you've seen it. Yes, that new preview, <laughs> preview looks, looks amazing. Yes. 
looks amazing. He's also, not exaggerating. That's pre-preview. If, pre, pre, <laughs> if Paul was here, there's Pacific Rim 2, and I can't wait. You say you are the opposite of Paul. You, you've ranked a favorite before you saw it. <laughs> Best movie ever. Just this, this new trailer that they were showing there? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's, it's... I was quite impressed, to say the least. Any other thoughts on the Thor? Now, next week, uh, we'll probably have all seen it. We'll go into spoiler talk next week. I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Hulk in it. Um, tons of references. When I first saw the trailer, I was like, "They did Asgard and Sakar." It's like it, it seems they, like a lot. It, they're throwing a lot in there, but they totally handle it, and it's it's actually pretty cool. Going it's back to the fun. comics, this won't be a spoiler. The Grandmaster, is he cosmic? Because he didn't seem that... Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like the Collector, kind of? Same type of thing? Yes, exactly. An elder of the universe. Um, And it's funny because, yeah, he he really isn't like that. So, but uh, it's Jeff Goldblum. The Collector wasn't that cosmic in the the movie either. He didn't really do anything, though. Like, he was just kind of there. The Collector is what I mean. Right. in, yeah. the, in the comics, I think he's, he's just kind of just like, like not exhibiting his power or something. He's just I don't know. In the comic, he's sort of a foil where people are being collected by him and then have to get let loose. Yeah, I read the. I, th- I think he's a bigger villain in yeah. the Disney ride of Guardians of the Galaxy than he was in the movie. Yeah. Uh-huh. What else you do, guys? I uh, went to the Vegas Valley Comic Book Festival. I went there for a little bit. Yeah, I saw you there. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, you drew a really cool warlock. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your experience because you were behind the scenes. When I ran into when I ran into him, he was hammering down tent spikes, tent spikes, which scared the crap out of me. Yeah, in, into these big umbrellas. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Andy was handling yeah. a giant hammer. Well, it wasn't a giant hammer, but there were pretty big spikes. It was a little meal. Anything sharp and Andy yes! scares me <laughs> exactly because you know he would never stab himself. So I stood over <laughs> him, but. At enough of a distance that I couldn't get any back okay. hit, so I was safe. And yet the umbrellas didn't blow over, so my task was completed. You you were glorious in your task. Yes. So I uh, I didn't have a lot to do. I had one panel I was moderating. Um, you and the comic book readers and the Marvel editor, right? It was... Uh, <laughs> Wasn't that the joke last week? The comic yeah, book yeah. readers? Yeah. It's a... Uh, yes. <laughs> no, it, was, it was a writer. It was a, it was a writer, a uh, artist, and an editor, and they were amazing together. So I didn't have to do anything. I said, here they are. Tell us who you are. And then oh, wow. sat back and watched. And nobody did anything stupid, so I just sat back and watched mostly. Threw in like a couple questions in the middle of it. So that was easy. Um, so I just ran around and tried to take care of any little things that needed to be, uh, you know. I, I ended up sitting in Jay Editing from uh, Jay and Miles um, explaining the X-Men. I ended up sitting in his booth because he had a panel and nobody to cover it. So I just hopped in oh. there for an hour, which is when I drew Warlock. Sure. Uh-huh. Um uh, somebody the the coffee truck didn't come, so uh, when I was out getting when I was out grabbing blasphemy, yeah. So when I was out grabbing the uh, tent spikes from home, I I went spilled my Starbucks and got the big cardboard box of coffee and nice. brought that back. So I was hero of the coffee, which uh, it's actually like like eighteen bucks for like a gallon or so of coffee. You can be a yeah. hero for like real cheap. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> that that is a cost effective heroism right there. Yeah, yeah. Hell, I think only Dunkin' Donuts is cheaper than that. Mm. I mean, it, and that's not that. It's marginally cheaper. Yeah. So, yeah. I tell you what, the food trucks need to get more on top of that. Well, we had food trucks, and I mean, it's weird. We if there's, there's like 
if there's anything they might think is better, they wander off. You know, they go off to. It's yeah. hard. To, it's hard. To, it's hard to nail them down. Okay. Uh, um, the frigging Sunset Park, I think, happens the same weekend. Which oh. is yeah. Oh, was that this weekend? I think it would. Maybe it's this weekend coming up. But it, oh, well, yeah. that wouldn't affect it. Yeah. But I mean, I mean that that kind of stuff. I mean, there there'll be some sort of event that they go off to and. Gotcha. Our, I mean, our, there was one good food truck there, and then the little zombie dog cart, yep, which, which is, is fine there. But people were approaching it. That makes me want to have a food truck. Yep. Just for that event. Yep. Um, what did I see that was great? Um, apparently the uh, trying to the, think of a name for your food truck. Torgo's Tacos. It's easy. Torgo's Tacos. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I it'll guess. be great because there'll be no tacos. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do you have? I got burgers. I got, I got hot dogs. I got a deep fried Snickers. I got um, deli sandwiches. It's like, wait, wait, no tacos? I got a shawarma. Yeah, it's, it's one of those tacos. Why would I have tacos? I, I got a gummy bear sandwich. <laughs> what, what do you want? So don't don't read the truck. You'll have all the yeah. geek shock sandwiches that we discussed. Yes, two, oh. week, two weeks yes, ago. Yes, it is. That's, oh, that's, and you, we did, we never talked about that on air. As long as we mentioned it, you came up with your sandwich. Oh, I did come up with my sandwich, yes. Enlighten us. So, oh, 30 minutes later. <laughs> All right. I'm just so, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> slow smoked. Oh, I'm already on board. Beef brisket on ciabatta bread. Okay. Fresh baked ciabatta. Even if you stopped there, I'm on board. Topped with thick cut smoked pork belly. Oh, wow. Barbecue sauce. Okay. Caramelized onions. All right. And arugula. And then, uh, what, shoot, what cheese did I say last week? Was it the... Uh, prov- Havarti! I think, yeah, I think it might have said a Havarti. It was like Havarti or provolone, but uh, yeah. I think you said provolone. Harvard. I, did, I think it did say said provolone. Havarti. You said Havarti. But uh, yeah, that, that would be my sandwich. Nice. <laughs> Anyways. Well, the, what's the name of the sandwich? The 80s. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One I'll, of those I'll, stranger things. I'll accept that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's, it's, I, the Vegas Valley Comic Festival is the Comic Book Festival is one of the uh, I'd say it's one of the nicest little cons out there. I mean, it's just, that's a good it's way. It's a great little it. con. It's it's a little con, it's, but it's, not it's a huge. mighty little con. Yeah, I and mean, there are great panels. There are interesting guests. Uh, you know, interesting people there selling stuff. And yeah, yeah I, it's, I got and a, it's free. I got a Hellraiser poster book out yep. of the whole thing, so I'm happy. Yep. I, I my brain broke yesterday. Uh, I don't know what for. I was leaving work. And for no reason, because I haven't heard or seen the show in ages, but the theme song to Grease came into my head. Okay. And it's catchy. Fr- the the Frankie, Frankie Valley theme yes. song from Grease. Grease is the, the word. word. Right. I, I, okay. you know, we all grew up with this album one way or the other, or at least sure. the movie. Uh, I, Lord knows I had older siblings, so they really dug into it. In fact, I think my brother had a girl he was either into or he had just broken up with a girl named Sandy. So he played Oh Sandy at Infinitum, <laughs> with, sometimes with headphones, some without, but either way, he was emotionally involved mm. in that song. The movie was one of my all-time favorites for years it's wow. a great, and it's a great it is a really good movie it's I've, got great I, songs it's, a t- it's got a terrible sure. uh, uh theme and tragically i've never seen the actual stage play and i and i've been in the stage play i twice. know you have as once as chorus and once as sunny uh which is much more sunny was much more downplayed in the movie as a bigger role in his own song and shit on the mm. in mm. the stage version but I know all the lyrics to all the songs in Greece. I sure. think many of us do. Mm-hmm. 
So as the Grease theme song is going through my head, I'm realizing that this song makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. So you IMDb'd, you looked up the meaning of Grease is a word? But there's no meaning to look up. It's just weird. It's a bunch of empty platitudes mm-hmm. like like uh, that you'd see in a... It's the time, it's uh, the meaning? Yeah, very so uh, it's a standard, Tony Robbins kind of stuff mm-hmm. throughout stand, the verses. Standard... Uh, right, Frankie Valley Fair. Then with what you're saying. yeah, but it was, it was written by Andy Gibb. <laughs> okay, so and that, that's his voice in the background. I think right, Frampton right. did guitar on the mm-hmm. damn thing, and so it's weird because you have these little like like platitudey verses, and then you have the nonsensical chorus. Grease is the word, the word that you heard. It's got groove, meaning, time, place, motion. It's the way we're feeling, and then it goes back into these weird semi love, but more. We're gonna make it platitudes because this is not in a play. This no, is only this was in movie. Th- this was invented for the movie, right? In fact, I guess there were some other modern songs they made for it, and the director hated them all, but couldn't get this one out in time. He didn't have enough time to get it out. He didn't like it. And then the song in the bridge goes into this weird nihilistic thing wow. where this this is a life of illusion. illusion uh, compounded with trouble, wrapped in confusion. What are we doing here? So it's like that a, is the bridge of this song for the movie you're about to so see. So it's like a Lennon McCartney song where where McCartney comes in with lots of happy stuff and and then the bridge is is, is Lennon going doom and gloom. Yes, neat. And then it goes to the chorus and then that ending reaches the word the word the word the word and I just could not get this out of my head. It's like what does a song mean and what does it have to do with this movie? So did did you look it up in any way or you're just like still pondering it? I'm still pondering it. I am still wrestling with it. The best I can come up with, and it separates it completely from the movie, is this song is about a life coach that has gone mad. (laughs) (laughs) All right? So he creates this whole platitude. Guess what? Grease! And that's when he just devolves into these just empty platitudes. Grease is the thing we're talking about. Empty platitudes. Nihilism. Ad infinitum repeating, and at the end, that whole grease is the word, the word, the word, is him just slowly spiraling down into the depths of a Lovecraftian madness. I want to watch that musical. <laughs> That's the best I can come up with. Yeah. But it's, it has literally been haunting me. Wow. Like, like, I wake up and it hits me in the shower that, oh yeah, I'm still working on this. Songs will do that, man. You'll listen to them over and over, and then suddenly go, wait a minute, what the hell? What the hell is a hubcap? What the hell is a hubcap Diamond Star Halo? Yes. Yeah. So you just had a number twenty-three moment. <laughs> oh, sure. I, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if you can't get it out of your head, you could oh, always my. switch to the ELO song "Can't Get Out of My Head" and then continue with the lyrics there, and then that would push that out. I it, that I is the, that is supposed to be the only remedy for an earworm is to focus on something else that you know and repeat it it, repeat it repeat it until it pushes it out of your brain it's not an earworm it's 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 not that i can't get the song in my head it's the fact that i my brain keeps wanting to concentrate on this song so you're saying you can't process yeah i am my brain is haunted by the reality of it yeah i'm trying to dissect the undissectable it's the music of Eric Zahn. It's like the choruses of Greece uh, mirror the choruses of the police's da do 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 da 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 da. No, that's all where, I got to say to you. Yeah, where it's it's just here is some nonsense in the face of this reality that I can't comprehend. Mm-hmm. 
Anyway, that's sometimes that's, things wow. just don't make sense. That's all you <laughs> have. To. That is more thought than anyone's put in that song, including Andy Gibb, uh, as as well as should. Deep uh, thoughts by Master Twitter. But I'm not done, and I and I have warned my Twitter Twitter followers that when I get 280 characters, uh, this is getting even more <laughs> concentration. <laughs> Seems like a lot for a musical. No, it makes. How are you going to keep track of 280 characters? Nobody can remember God the names. Hey, Here comes Andy with the hey. Broadway pillow. <laughs> Broadway pillow coming on your way. Hey. <laughs> and that's just a dissection of the song. I haven't even gotten to how the hell this connects with this movie. And, of course, there's the weird fan theory that uh, Sandy is dead throughout the whole thing. Oh, and this I haven't heard. You haven't heard this? No. The, the, yeah. Is that the one that where she actually drowned? Yeah, because you know he, the whole part of Summer Nights. Yeah, her, yeah Summer Nights, she says, saved a life, she nearly drowned, right? Yeah. The th- fan theory goes is that she drowns in that moment, mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie is some coma dream. And that's Her coma dream? Her coma dream. Okay. And that's why at the end of the movie, the car flies out of the, uh, the, the, the uh, carnival, into the sky, which again, this that scene makes absolutely no sense. And it doesn't fly out of the, out of the See, carnival. I thought the, I and, thought the and theory play does it. And it no, okay. it, everyone just hugs and dances at the end of the movie. Right. I thought the theory was that she went, she did drown, but everything from the movie up to the car is that flicker in time before your as your brain is dying. Sure, the coma and, dream, and for you know, lack of a better word, you know, when people say that they their entire life flashes before their eyes, that's the that's her right. Her life up to that, and then right. the car is and the, the car is her soul, is, you know, letting go, letting go, yeah. So uh, the the what's funny is I, the director of the movie, of course, debunks that altogether. He says, right. "Of course, right. that's not true," but he is yet to explain why the hell that car flies off at the end of the movie. Right. That, no, it, it beats the actual theme is you have to be a slut to get your man. <laughs> <laughs> There's some problems in that show. Yeah, he's done. <laughs> So I realize that's not the geeky thing I did this week, unless you think overthinking things is pretty. That's pretty geeky. That's pretty man. geeky. That's actually, pretty now geeky that I think about thing. it, yeah. the geeky thing you did do was go well, to. You went the, on a uh, quest. <laughs> <laughs> he did go on a quest of sorts. He uh-huh. went to the uh, the new um, picker store around uh, the corner. We, yeah, right a. Uh, uh, right around the corner, we have a brand new antique slash picker store, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a little new place. They're still finding their feet. Uh. I think they're called New Wave Pickers is the name of the store. But, uh, yeah, I bought Jeff a Star Trek Three glass there. Wow. Oh, that's what you old I'm trying to figure out what Taco the hell Bell. you're pointing at over here. Yeah, yeah okay. The old Taco Bell Star I made, Trek III. I made uh, Kirsten watch uh, like a cracked thing with the, where the theory was that all Arnold Schwarzenegger movies take place in the same universe. But what'd, you, what'd you think, Kirsten? The cracked after hours tends to bore me because their <laughs> setup is a, is tedious it's like do a quick conceit and dive into it mm-hmm. and they tend not to so but once they got started it was really funny when um the one guy who's trying to explain this theory is kind of floundering because his thought is that all the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies are the T-800 Terminator being uh, subjected to humanization so it can better understand humans to do its (laughs) job. 
Yeah, all the other movies oh, to be a better infiltrator unit. And, okay, and, and then one of the guys, and it was that I would admit in, ca- in their character thing was actually pretty good because they're like, oh, we're losing him. This is falling apart. Quick, think of something. And the one guy goes, oh, because because uh, the simulations are being run by humans, and everyone's like. So this was the process to reprogram the T-800 so it would actually rescue John Carner. And that's what they did. And then they talked about, they talked about Junior. They talked about Twins. They talked about Kindergarten Cop. And so once they started rolling through that, and it was all about, oh, yeah, he's getting a, this, uh, this instinct to save children and protect family and stuff like that. It was like, oh, that's actually kind of cute. So, huh. you know, then then it then it became all right. That's actually that's actually funny. So, all right. So it ended it ended on a. But yeah, some of them. Oh, it's just like you guys. What do they say about Commando? So they're trying to teach him one-liner comedy and <laughs> saving the daughter. Oh wow! Okay, this is is saving the daughter and Junior. He <laughs> has a baby in him and. Kindergarten cop. He's relating to kids and and learning how to communicate with children and also uh, uh, just you know protecting children and so on how, and so forth. How what, fun! And one of their arguments for being the same, that all being the same character, that he keeps repeating the same lines. Yeah. Which it went cut to a montage of him saying, "I'll be back" in four or five different movies. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> which is really funny because I mean that's that's all a callback to Terminator anyway. Mm-hmm. But. Commando has some of my all-time favorite lines. Yeah. <laughs> all-time favorite of of Schwarzenegger oh, okay, films. Let me qualify okay, that. Okay. Of the Schwarzenegger films, it has some of my all-time. And the favorite. steel drums in the background throughout the whole yeah. act, like that's amazing. That's one great Don Chong, right? No, yep, it is. Yeah. She's in the, that's that's the one where the car gets flipped on its side and suddenly heals, and it's like, yeah. I need to see Commando. Yeah, oh, they, it's, it's epic. They, 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 it's a little tiny <laughs> this car. Is bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, it's so small that he tears out the driver's seat so he can sit in the back seat yeah. and drive it. It's like um, a, it's like an uh, an MG midget, I think. Yeah, the, okay. the car and 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 it gets it gets flipped on its side and scraped, you know, completely flipped over and and he flips it back over to drive it away but they you know all right so i, had I thought fl- it's the corvette that he flips over and then they take that because oh, uh, no it's the porsche, same porsche whatever it is porsche, whatever it's a yeah. yellow car and it gets flipped yeah, over yeah. and destroyed porsche from one yeah. side and it flips it over and you see the side that's supposed to destroy it and it's perfect all right i'll add it to the list i need to see commando i need you to see, see i'm not seeing commando i need it's to like see an 80s cornerstone when they said that that would kill you last yeah i love green beret i eat green berets for i mean i which is weird is I know a lot of lines from Commando, even though I've never you seen it. You need to see it just for the villain. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. You'll, you'll take the villain. So we'll I need take to Cook's see- car. He won't be needing it. <laughs> the the villain in Commando is, um, oh, that Australian guy. Why yeah, can't yeah. I think of his name? With Vern the, something? The, job. the big Verner? No. Yeah. Um, what was his name? I'll think of it here in a second. Vern is yeah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, Ernest he Peeble. played. Oh, he plays shit. Bennett. <laughs> yeah, Bennett. Yeah, Bennett. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Bennett. You don't want to use the gun. You want to stick me with a knife and then look me in the eye as you turn. I, you're right. I do. I do, Matrix. I do. He drops his. He drops his. <laughs> he throws his gun down. He has him dead to rights. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, 
Let All off right. some steam, Let Bennett. Let off some steam, <laughs> Bennett. You're building your Captain America list here. That's <laughs> <laughs> so the rest of the list. I need to see that. I need to see John Wick and Over the Top. That's my understanding. And yes. okay. You and don't. If you see Over the Top, you have to do it MST style because otherwise your brain will hate you for it. <laughs> my brain hates me right now. It's trying to d- disseminate grease. And Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Oh Jesus! Yeah, you're you're right. th- yeah. I didn't need to see that yeah, one God too. God damn it! And Last Starfighter. Jesus Christ! What? What? You own what? Last Starfighter. <laughs> Good God, man! I haven't gotten it's around to it. It's not that good. You should just relax over there. Oh, thank you. Right. It is amazing. <laughs> oh, it ain't. It's, it's life not that changing. good. Just fucking sit it down. It is the Goonies of its time. Oh, shit. I gotta watch Ow. that. They're overreacting. It's not that good. Robert Preston's last film. Well, good for it. Doesn't make it the best film ever. Fuck. Jesus. <laughs> Anything else you do this week, guys? <laughs> oh, what Mysterio? The show Mysterio that yeah. has been here in Las Vegas. First. 20 years. 20 years. The first Cirque du Soleil show we had. Second. What was the first? Uh, Nouvelle Experience. He means the first permanent show. That is the first permanent show. Okay. Okay. Yeah, go. I was going to say. Nouvelle Experience was here for a year while they were building the uh, Treasure Island. Okay. So I some, did some not know that. Freaky yeah. tent. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I bring it up as geeky because I mean, the act, the performers in that are as close to superheroes as we have in the world. That's a fine I point. I mean, they are just amazing, and yeah, I mean, I've seen it twenty times now at least. Um, you know, and I keep there's a point where people are climbing down the walls, and I often miss it because there's so much going on. You don't notice that there's you know four that's or five a, people climbing down the walls. Well, yeah, all the that's a hell of a review. Yeah, all I almost miss like people climbing down the walls for the thing going yeah. on. Stage. Well, they're all about sensory overload. Yeah. You cannot possibly see everything that's going Have on you seen in those shows. Never it's just seen not it. possible. There's a, there's a moment in it. That, I mean, I, I it just transports me. I mean, I actually was having trouble breathing during it. It's just, it's just this beautiful piece. It's it's Calamondo. Okay. Uh, that's the song that's playing is you know, no, keep anyways, going, please. No, like it's, it's all, it's all, in, it's all in Circus Soleil gibberish. I just know the, the title. Um, it's, why should that stop you now? Right. But they, but there's, there's two people come out and there's, it's a couple and there's this, this really beautiful romantic dance in front while they're doing that stuff's going on up here. You're not supposed to notice. And as they fade off suddenly up six, where up in the ceiling. All right. Uh, and as they fade off, six people are up on trapezes, swinging, and they just drop straight towards the, the audience and bounce. They're on bungees. And, oh. just, and it's just this whole beautiful bouncing bungee, swinging, flipping Beautiful thing. bouncing bungees. Oh, it's Not amazing. something I thought of before. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like birds in flight. It's amazing. Oh. I should see the mistake. Hmm. Makes, makes my heart sing. I'll put it after over the top. Yep. <laughs> I'll do the same thing. <laughs> Already Meet then. me halfway. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I watched uh, Patton Oswalt's Annihilation. Oh, I hear. Man, so, I haven't that seen brilliant. that. I've heard such good things about. It that. is good. Mm-hmm. It is good. He does a. He closes with a set dealing with his wife's death, <clears throat> and he does a great job. He does a great job with it. Ties it nicely in. He does a little bit of crowd work, which is fun. Yep. Uh, him talking, Andy. Him talking about the uh, the uh, Halloween dark houses done by kids. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you that had was, me with that. That was yeah. a great bit. That was a great bit, and he sets it up for a nice little payoff too. So, um, but yeah, it's um, it's a nice uh, it's a nice special. Just yeah, it's, it's, uh, just showed up on Netflix. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one too because it's he, there's two subjects you know he has to tackle. 
uh, his wife's death and Trump. And he hits them both and hits them very well and nicely and doesn't dwell on the whole thing with it. Hmm. Yeah. You had me at kids and their haunted Oh, houses. my God. He, he <laughs> talks about it, and, and it's funny. It's amusing. Looking so. at your shirt, uh, I started watch. I finished. Ooh, um, shirt. Ooh, shirt. 80s shirt. He's, oh, got, okay. a, he's got the uh, Earth Chevron there. And it says, says there's no place like home. Yeah, I've um, dived into SGU. I'm nice. almost on that. Mm. So. I just That's realized cool. that there's a sentence on that. Is there? Yeah. There, it does. There's, there's no, no place, place like. like oh. It, the, the boy does that hide. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then Thor Ragnarok, obviously. So. Ragnarok. I really was. Just, I mean, I'm sure you'll get to it when you get to the end of SGU. It's like. It's I've seen so, it already. I've seen it You've already. seen it. Okay. Yeah, it's, the, it's so aggravating when you get to that end. And it's just like, what's going to happen? And that was like right where sci-fi canceled it. Was, oh, someone that, else needs yeah. to pick it up, yeah. Are you telling me the show ends on a complete cliffhanger? It ends on a cliffhanger. Uh, and, it's, uh, and it's so uh, aggravating because they were supposed to get another season. Like, Sci-Fi had already kind of said, yeah, we'll get another season. And that's when they had that change in leadership where they, they dropped, like, all of their science fiction-based programming and went to that kind of weird fantasy-ish era of that several years and then now they're finally starting to bring back sci-fi okay themed programming and they go a nice mix of stuff but yeah that was that was one of those like they you know they were all set you know to to start production on the next season when they got the call that they were not gonna get yerk yeah so yerk so uh they started uh, there's a uh funny that we mentioned universe they there was a comic company it's a very small print run comic company that picked up the license to continue that with the blessing of the producers. The producers have already said that's not where we would have gone with it, but we appreciate what they've done. Somebody's doing it. So um, I've only read the first episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's sort of. Yeah. So anyway, um, I think the comic brand is called American Mythology. Oh, but wow. they, they, put out, uh, they put out uh, SGU, and I just found out that they have been for a couple years now doing the continuation of Atlantis. Oh. So, cause, that uh, one kind of stopped abruptly, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you've seen the end of the Atlantis run. So it, it essentially has them taking Atlantis back to the Pegasus galaxy and continuing on the yeah. know, mission to fight the Wraith, etc. So. All right, John, let's do some news, huh? Okay. Yeah, there's, a, there's a big news piece in... And comics, so we're gonna do Weekend Geek! Yay! Whoa. <laughs> Where's this news you don't give a shit about? Yeah. No, 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 prop, no. You can't prop fact check up. Yeah, no, that's good. Bring him down. I, I can't be that obvious every time. Yeah. Every time. Most times. Well, you know it's coming. Maybe. So. No, no, not necessarily. Maybe just none this week. <laughs> okay. Could be there isn't any. There isn't any. There, so we're so safe. Is. You're safe. <laughs> You're safe from my growing. I'm safe from hearing the crap. <laughs> Brian Michael Bendis. Okay. Huge news. Uh, he's had a massive impact on Marvel Comics over the past few decades, but that era is officially coming to an end. Oh, yeah. I just read this today. Too. Bendis is going to DC Comics. Yep. Oh, my. The deal was announced by DC Comics with Bendis confirming the move on Twitter. No additional uh, details have been announced, but an exclusive deal uh, obviously means he'll be working for DC Comics and leaving behind his bevy of ongoing Marvel projects. 
Uh, Bendis is currently writing Invincible Iron Man, The Defenders, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, and Jessica Jones at Marvel. He recently wrapped up runs on infamous Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy, among other series. He was an architect of the Ultimate Universe that would go on to inspire Marvel's film slates and created fan-favorite characters like Jessica Jones and Miles Morales. Also helmed major events like Civil War II, Secret War, House of M, Secret Invasion over the past several years. Marvel issued a statement wishing Bendis well, noting he has been, quote, a great partner and has contributed incredible stories and characters to the Marvel Universe over the years. And Marvel went on to note, quote, we appreciate his creativity and professionalism and we wish him best in future projects. Somewhere the famous Paul is losing his goddamn mind. <laughs> Bendis is one of his favorite authors and... And yeah, yeah, Louisiana. He's Louisiana right now, losing his mind. Ah. In Louisiana. <laughs> so yeah, Bendis moving to DC. So does this mean that we're going to get the nothing but huge, all-encompassing arcs for DC now? I guess DC's been doing that anyway, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. As opposed to the yeah. universe reboots. Right. Yeah. Okay. There, there is that. <laughs> the re- go, they're the going to go forward now instead of just going in a circle. Although I was at an alternate reality today and I saw some of the, the new DC Rebirth comics had the the lenticular covers on them. Oh, we're looked, doing... Actually looked really cool. I was I didn't notice. I was like walking by and, and I I looked over and was like, oh, that's cool artwork. And then as I started to pass, I, in my peripheral, so I was like, wait a minute, that just changed and looked over. So They're pretty. They're, uh, they're getting they're really sh- good at printing those so that you can't, unless you get close to them you can't tell that they're lenticulars because they look pretty nice now it's not like when we were kids and everything was very obviously a lenticular sure but it's still a gimmicky cover yeah mm-hmm. it's sure it sure there is to be a gimmicky seller any other thoughts on bendis moving over um they might start me reading some dc again oh there it is wow there you go next year was supposed to be the year that freeform the youth-oriented, Disney-owned cable network, formerly known as ABC Family, would make a big push into the realm of Marvel programming. Two shows were originally set to premiere on the network in 2018, uh, the drama based on the characters Cloak and Dagger and the comedy based on Super Team The New Warriors. While Cloak and Dagger is still set to arrive on Freeform next year, New Warriors is looking for a new home. Hmm. Freeform is set to expand its original programming slate to four nights a week in 2018, but based on its various series commitments, it could not find a slot for the New Warriors, despite ordering 10 episodes back in April. Marvel TV executives are very encouraged by the show's early pilot and don't want to delay the series beyond 2018, so Marvel asked if Freeform would give up the show. Freeform agreed, and now the New Warriors is on the hunt for another place to air next year. Netflix. According to The Hollywood Reporter. Now, where the show will land is a complicated question. Doesn't have a clear answer. Uh, According to The Hollywood Reporter's resources, it's possible that Marvel is no longer able to sell its shows to outside companies apart from Netflix, which would limit possible homes, of course. Uh, Disney is launching its own streaming service soon, so it's possible New New Warriors will land there. However, the service isn't set to launch into 2019, and Marvel is eager to get it to air before that. So key options include other streaming services. Marvel's Runaways is about to launch on Hulu. Uh, The Disney-owned ABC, of course. 
Uh, New Warriors is based on the comic book Super Team of the same name, about a group of young heroes trying to navigate a world where they're discovering their powers while also reckoning with things like dating. And accidentally destroying things. And accidentally causing and, and, huge fervor and, and civil and, war. And, and becoming a bondage thing. <laughs> the show will star Marvel heroes, Mr. Immortal, Squirrel Girl, Night Thrasher, Speedball, Microbe, and Debris. So, yeah, there is there is a loose new warrior show out there looking for a home. Someone will grab it and they'll launch. This will be our, our front runner for, for a brand new for a brand streaming, new streaming service. service. Yeah, the Marvel program. streaming yeah. service. Well, they've already said the Marvel movie catalog is going to be in the new Disney streaming service, right? In 2019. So maybe, yeah, maybe Matt's right. They're going to try their own. Because, I mean, they've got the exclusive agreement with Netflix for, you know, Marvel For the shows they developed for Netflix. So maybe they are going to start their own Marvel network. Well, you have to put a little more infrastructure in there. Yeah. I, I mean, the earliest they could do that's 2019 if they're starting from scratch. Right. They know everything. Know. They'll do it. It's Disney. It'll find a home. Disney finds a way to throw a bunch of money at a problem and somehow It'll find figure a home. things out. Probably Netflix. I would say Hulu's probably the second choice. It's going to be a weird fit with the shows that Netflix already has. Though. That's why Netflix is kind of weird, and that's why Hulu makes some sense. Because mm-hmm. the Runaways, eh, kind of closer to that edge. Young X Men finding their right, or young superheroes finding their their place in the world, away from their villainous parents, and whether she should be a slut to get her man. Right. Oh yeah, <laughs> well the whole thing's a fever dream. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has electric powers. Boogie woogie, sure. Electrifying, yes, yes, yes. Jesus Christ, I got chills. <laughs> Are they multiplying? <laughs> Losing control. (laughs) God damn it. Oh. Sick of this power you're supplying. (laughs) You better shape up. Stop stop it. (laughs) Because Andy needs a man. (laughs) He's got one. Isn't he your roommate now? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Walked right into that one, Kay. Well, Kay can keep him satisfied. Oh. Down deep inside. <laughs> Beauty school dropouts. <laughs> According to John Carpenter. Brescia, Brescia, Brescia. Okay. According to John Carpenter, David Gordon Green's upcoming Halloween film picks up with Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode four decades after the events of the very first film and takes an alternate route from there. That means possibly no sibling relationship between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. While Gordon Green and co-writer, executive producer Danny McBride have taken the project and made it their own, they did check in with the Master of Horror on a couple of things, and John Carpenter has read the script. He says that more, he's more of a cheerleader for the film than anything. As Carpenter explained in a conversation with Stereogum, quote, it picks up after the first one and it pretends that none of the others were made. It's going to be fun. There's a really talented director and it's well written. I'm impressed. Unquote. That's crazy. Yeah. To me, I mean, don't get me wrong. the The whole Michael Myers thing goes off the rails after the second film, ignoring the fact that the third film's something different. But four and five and definitely six just gets weird. Yep. Really, and it goes to this whole Have cult, cult of Michael Myers thing, and 
He has not gone to space. That's when you know you really... <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, I've had that opinion, exact same opinion when they did Jason X, which is Jason in space, and Jason X is one of the best Friday the 13th out there. Uh-huh. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. Did you see Jason X? I did. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh-huh. It it knows what it is, and it Don't you try Cousin it. Oliver Space, man. <laughs> I will take Jason X over the reboot of Friday the 13th any day. That was a dumb movie. Over and under on Activia commercials in the middle of the uh, thing? Um, I'm going to go on the under Okay, on this one. I'll take the over. Okay. I think it'll be in there. You think? Okay. I think they'll do an Activia. Mid, mid running away this, from Well, there's the Danny, Danny McBride is, is part of this. So. Right. Like you think it'd be like a subtle joke, like there's one sitting on the counter yes, as she yeah. in the kitchen as she's... right. You know, giving a monologue or something. Oh, or she says, oh, it scared the shit out of me. I guess it wouldn't be Activia. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pained expression on Kay's face. <laughs> well, I don't think he, you know, it's, is it half the tooth or is it is it just all in? Oh, it's the whole tooth and nothing but the tooth. Jesus there's your answer, uh, Jeff. <laughs> and he's going to be living with you now. Good luck with that. Thanks, Jeff. Just, you know, <laughs> I Dig need that reminder me. every five minutes. <laughs> Natalie Portman has signed on to voice and produce a new animated feature called Foxy Trotter which tells the story of the titular character, a rock and roll photographer from the early 70s on a mission to take the perfect rock photo. Portman is set to voice Foxy Trotter's best friend, Ronnie, who ends up being used as a sacrifice to destroy the universe after she is seduced by a villain named Gunter. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds about right. (laughs) In a statement to Variety Bold Films, Michael uh, Litvak described the project as, quote, inventive, sexy, psychedelic, hilarious, female-oriented animated film, while character Chris Prydowski added, Foxy Trotter is a wild mix of Barbarella meets Sausage Party meets Easy Rider, unquote. I want to see this movie. (laughs) Wow. That's a great long line. That's a hell of an elevator pitch right there. (laughs) Sacrifices her friend to destroy the universe. I'm in. Hmm. And an animated feature, definitely. And I think it's the producers of Sausage Party are doing this. Oh, I'm in. It's been over a year since Star Trek star Anton Yelchin died at 27 after being tragically killed by his own Jeep SUV last summer. A statue was unveiled at L.A. Hollywood's Forever Cemetery with the late actor's family, friends, and colleagues on hand to honor him. Oh, nice. Uh, Yelchin will likely be remembered uh, for playing Chekhov in three Star Trek films, beginning with the franchise reboot in 2009. So it's fitting that some of his Star Trek collaborate, collaborators made it to the ceremony, including dr- director J.J. Abrams and co-stars Simon Pegg and Zoe Saldana. Against a backdrop of photos of Yelchin throughout his life, Zaldana also spoke at the unveiling, along with some of Yelchin's family members. Other guests include Jennifer Lawrence, Emile Hirsch, John Voigt, and Drake Doremus, who directed Yelchin and Lawrence in uh, 2011's Like Crazy. Hmm. The stat- what's, a, what's the John Voight connection? I guess I don't, mm. I don't know. The statue was created by sculptor Nick Mara and the Walking Dead FX artist and producer Greg Nicotero. is now on display for public viewing at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery's Garden of Legends. The engraving at the base of the statue reads Anton Yelchin, 
forever. Buoyed by the success of Star Trek Discovery, CBS is prepping to take its on-demand subscription service into the Twilight Zone. Oh, yeah, I heard about this, too. CBS CEO Les Moonves dropped news of a Twilight Zone reboot. A follow-up article from The Hollywood Reporter suggests the show, quote, hails from Jordan Peele's Monkey Paw banner with Marco Ramirez, Netflix, Marvel dramas, The Defenders, and Daredevil. He did uh, Sons of Anarchy, set to pen the script to serve as showrunner. Moonves was more forthcoming about the role of sci-fi that is already playing a in the brand strategy for All Access, noting the service's demonstrated appeal to a vastly younger demographic and the expectations placed on pay-for-play content. So CBS is doubling down with Twilight Zone. Any word on the narrator? No word on anything beyond what I gave you. Mm. I mean, it was bound to happen. Who would you you pick for the narrator? David Attenborough. David Attenborough. Wow, he was ready for for that one. Yeah, that's just boom. All right. That's that's a good answer, yeah. I guess. But I kind of like you to be a writer. Twilight Zone's been rebooted twice. Yeah, I know. Did yeah. it in the eighties. Did it in the early aughts. Oh, who did? Uh, the guy from a Ghost Dog, the actor, in Star Trek Rogue One. Star Trek <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> <laughs> well, that didn't come out right at all. No. <laughs> no. Now I'm, multiple, I'm no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, uh, you're talking about... Uh, yes, exactly. That's that's exactly I just had what, it on the tip of my tongue, and I can't... Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker, thank yes. you. He was the one from 2000s. Yeah, the, he, he the early, the, early 2000s, he was the narrator. So hmm. I, I'm always anxious for our Twilight Zone in my life. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, I'm curious as to that, the, being there's been two failed attempts thus far... Yeah, but uh, anthology series are having, uh, you know... A renaissance again. They are they are having a renaissance, but it's almost there's so many announced ones now, right? Mm. That it seems like we're getting a glut of anthology well, coming up. It, that's bound to happen because everybody wants a piece of that, you know, that dollar. Okay. Yeah. They they want question what so, inspired this glut of anthology? Who knows? I because I can't I mean, think I know of Black, anything that caused this. I know to Black Mirror was. Perhaps really, really, really popular on Netflix for like quite a while. Maybe it is and, Black Mirror's fault. And Black Mirror. and because nobody else had one or had a had a series similar to that, I think that's why we started getting tangentially a few the success of American Horror Story. It's yeah. not quite an anthology series, mm-hmm. but it kind of, sort of, sure. And that inspired the Channel Zero on Sci Fi Channel, and that's right. done fairly well for the channel. So the the whole long form. Over arc storytelling of a single season. I would love to see. Is that um, the? Sorry to interrupt. Is that the No Escape House or whatever it is? Yeah, that's the okay, second yeah. season of it. I would love to see. Um, All night, based night on gallery. creepypastas. I night, researched night some. Gallery? Night Gallery is an anthology again. It is, and it's really just more Twilight Zone. It is, but the, I love. I love the conceit. Uh, part of it's because. It's the conceit of the artist and it, the painting. The conceit of the artist, and and also that's one I actually saw when it was out. I mean, that was a night. I mean, Twilight Zone was well under reruns, obviously. Sure, I but never, Night Gallery was was on when I was a kid, and it scared the hell out of me. But yeah, man, 
I remember that. They were also a little more horror and horror horror oriented than than uh okay. right, than twist oriented than I was uh, never able to get into Night Gallery. I love the Twilight Zone. I still watch those when I get a chance. Night Gallery really spooked me as a yes. kid. And it's funny, I didn't even realize how much I actually watched uh, not not watched, I read through some synopses of Night Gallery episodes when I went through a Google wiki chain rabbit hole and ended up on Night Gallery. <laughs> And the sheer number of episodes that I remembered as a story, but mm-hmm. I did not remember sitting down and watching <clears throat> Night Gallery was really weird. Mm. Huh. But there was a ton of them that I'm like, that's a Night Gallery episode. Mm. Holy crap. That's a night. Wow. And it was just on and on. I do like the conceit of it, though, and, and that there was actually a gallery. that they're actually, They actually did the paintings, and so somewhere there all those paintings exist. All right. Yeah. Of that course. would be a fine collectible piece to have Wouldn't on your it, wall, though? an original Wouldn't night it? gallery piece. Ugh. And of course, you know, I've mentioned it on the show before, The Outer Limits was one of my all-time huh? favorite television shows. <laughs> I they, tried. They, they redid that too, right? Yes, well, they did. That, yeah. It's not so much it that they Showtime. redid it, they just, they never, they did the Showtime redo? Yeah, Showtime there did was there, Outer Limits for a little while. I was going to say, because yeah. I know it just went on forever, like it would take like a couple year breaks every now and then, but the same company was producing them, so... I revisited Outer Limits when they came out on DVD, and I started watching them, and I'm like, these are really bad. Are they? They, oh. they are, of course, it's the, the conceit of the difference of acting, but... Well, yeah, and in a half-hour format, too. Right. It's hard to... But some of them were, felt real mystery science theater-worthy. Sure. To, to the point that I was like, okay, I'm starting to watch these for comedy now. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like everything that we remember as a kid, we grow up, look, go back and look at it. It's like, wow, this is really bad. Sure, but I can go back and watch the Twilight Zones. And yeah. so well, yeah, those there, were written for adults. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we watched as kids was written for sure. But Outer Limits that wasn't written for kids. Well, no, you're you're yeah, you're no, right. On that, that one. I think I don't know. I mean, that might have been. It might have been not expressly kid, but it might have been a little more kid or lighthearted, kid friendly. We control the horizontal. More well, family, family friendly as opposed to. Well, just 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 in in I don't know just in the the spirit of it, not not family friendly in terms of being weaker in in like content or theme, but just the what they're shooting for for their demographic. It definitely seemed cheaper. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but how does One Step Beyond uh, stand up to that? One Step Beyond. I can't remember. That one's a tough one. That was I, another end. I don't re- know one step beyond. I think I have one of those cheapy 99 cent DVDs from Walgreens with a couple episodes on yeah. I haven't watched yet. Maybe I'll pull that out and see them when, when I find it. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. One step beyond. Yeah, that jogged my memory. I remember that show. Yep. Do you remember that show just from that little rendition there? Of the, <laughs> Do you, yeah. That's all I remember. No, no in, I don't and, remember. And they will go one was also, step beyond. There was also a ska song with that in it. Well, uh, by the go. same band that did Our House. What was that? Where were Madness. They called? Madness, yes. yes. <clears throat> That's actually a really good song. It is. But uh, Outer Limits also had the... Uh, the the episodes uh, Demon with the Glass Hand oh, and Soldier, which are the right. inspirations for Terminator. Uh, yeah. Yes, I watched Demon with the Glass Hand. That's on YouTube somewhere. I saw it, and uh-huh. it's yeah, Maybe it's I'll... actually it's actually a a, a, a better episode too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harlan Ellison. Mm. 
Oh, there's my DVD set right there. Maybe I'll pull that out and put that right after I see uh, Over the Top. There you go. <laughs> Butch and Sundance. Butch and Sundance and then the Iron Commando. Lights. And then Commando. Commando. Commando's yeah. ahead of that. And last Starfighter. Over the Top, Commando. Yes. Either. Yes. You know. And Star Wars. Star Trek Rogue One. Star Trek War Rogue One. Star Trek Rogue One. <laughs> Star Trek Rogue One. <laughs> Episode title. Or better yet, Rouge One. <laughs> Rouge Star one. Trek yeah. Rouge One. Back during the D23 Expo, that's the, the Disney convention, if you're not familiar, mm-hmm. Disney announced it would be dedicating a part of Disneyland to Pixar by creating an area called Pixar Pier. Now, Disney has released a few more details about the upcoming attractions. According to the Disney Parks blog, the southern shore of Paradise Bay, which currently houses Paradise Pier, will be dedicated to four neighborhoods based on Pixar. The Incredibles will get the showiest attraction with the Incredicoaster, a roller coaster that will replace California Screamin' in summer 2018. After that, quote, the popular Toy Story mania will anchor the Toy Story-inspired neighborhood a neighborhood inspired by Inside Out will be found on the western side of the boardwalk and will welcome a new family-friendly attraction scheduled to open at a later date. Sorry to jump in there. Inside Out, and was that popular? Yeah, that was the motion one too. and all that? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I can't tell you how popular it was. I enjoyed watching it. Very interestingly done. Is but it the I most see recent that. one? No, they've had a few since. Yeah. Inside Out. But yeah, they've had Cars 3. Right. I think oh. that Disney's really in love with that theme. Okay. Uh, of the different yeah. parts of the the psyche, psyche. Yeah. taking over when they need to. And that let's face it, that might make for a really good attraction. It could. It could very much so. Uh, as for the fourth neighborhood, that's a little less defined, but it will replace Mickey's Fun Wheel and the games of the boardwalk with a Pixar theme. The current area will close on January 8th with an opening date to be determined. As for fans of the current Paradise Pier, the area which contains attractions such as Silly Symphony Swings and Little Mermaid's Aerial Undersea Adventure will become a new land called Paradise Park. Uh, Pixar Pier will appear in Disneyland's California Adventure only, apparently. Hmm. Pixar Land. Hmm. I'm kind of happy and California Adventure needs it. Yeah, That, That whole park just has needed an overhaul for ages. I love their cars area, but yeah, the rest of the park. But that's just, part of the overhaul. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's it makes sense that they would rehaul overhaul the rest because yeah, you've got this really cool the Radiator Springs area, and then you're just kind of like there's not really much definition of anything that you're walking around in California Adventure. It was a really weird concept for a theme park to begin with. It was a really yeah. weird concept for a friggin' movie. Now I really like cars. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where are the people? Where are the people? Things are obviously designed to have people in them. Where are they? <laughs> I, I I really like the area, though, in California Adventure around Soren because it's all, like, old-school aviation theme. Like, you've got, like, yeah. you know, 30s and 40s-style hangars that are gift shops and stuff, and you've got the, the ground is painted like a runway and so forth. But other than that, it just seems like the rest of the park We're is just not... We're taking pieces of California, distilling yeah. them into a smaller theme park, so you can virtually tour, uh, thematically tour California. But, but yeah, it just seems like the rest of the park is just... There's not really anything defining about it, though. No. It, I, just, it just seems like a weird hodgepodge of I have a feeling things. that once all these overhauls are done, that they'll rename the park. 
That's Ooh, very that's possible. Because there's not much left of California Adventure. Well, they've talked about renaming it in the past and just didn't. So yeah, fam- it would make sense. And famously one of the worst dark rides that Disney ever created. <laughs> Got it. The What's it... Uh, like some, it's the one that eventually became the Monsters Inc. ride. Oh, okay, that's there. But before then, it was like Hollywood limo, and yeah. you were a star escaping the paparazzi. Yes, and you drove through, and they were caricatures of uh, famous at the time Hollywood people. You know, Drew Carey was one of there, and just Philbin was in it, and and Whoopi Goldberg, and but just like weird, scary looking versions of it. And the sad thing is when I they... I kind of wish I'd seen that. When you they can re- still see it on YouTube if you yeah. really Oh yeah, want it's to. out there. And the sad thing is when they revamped it to be Monsters, Inc., they didn't really change a whole lot. It's, nope. It literally feels like they slapped some Monsters, Inc., Stuff they so very much over did. the top of so this, but blue fur, blue fur on Drew Carey. Oh, not even blue fur. <laughs> like a lot of it, a lot of the quote unquote animatronics in there mm-hmm. don't move. They're basic. Yeah, uh, they're they're really really basic. It's a like, ride through statues. Like, yeah, like, like Kiss Mannequin Golf. Like like Kiss. Like golf? yeah, like like you might have an arm move up and down, and it's so weird because you think this okay, this is supposed to be a Disney ride, but when the animatronics are supposed to be reciting dialogue, their mouths aren't moving and they don't really move at all. It's like you know, it's like we've got to get Boo back home, and you're looking at this furry kind Boo. of statue of Sully, and it's not doing anything. Yeah. And you just you literally ride past it, and there's a lot of uh, it's black light painting in there so that you know the colors. So it is Kiss Mini Golf. I still like it. It's a dark ride, and it's hard for me to not like a dark ride. But it's a boring dark ride compared to what Disney usually offers, even compared to the old stuff like the Snow yeah. White Scary Adventures, Pinocchio's Adventures. I got it's the name of the world. park. Oh, okay, VXD. <laughs> <laughs> The X stands for extra. The, the D, D stands for Disney. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we'll do. <laughs> the XD. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, the filmmaking duo behind the Lego movie and until recently the Han Solo prequel, will now adapt Artemis, the upcoming new novel from the Martian author Andy Weir. Uh, Fox, home to the excellent film The Martian, uh, snapped up the rights back in May. Here's a synopsis from the publisher, Crown, which describes the book as a near-future thriller and a high story set on the moon. Uh, Jazz, the name already, Jazz Bashara is a criminal. Well, sort of. Life on Artemis, the first and only city on the moon, is tough if you're not a rich tourist or an eccentric billionaire. So smuggling in the occasional harmless bit of contraband barely counts, right? Not when you've got debts to pay and your job as a porter barely covers the rent. Everything changes when Jazz sees the chance to commit the perfect crime with a reward too lucrative to turn it down. But pulling off the impossible is just the start of her problems as she learns that she stepped into stepped square into a conspiracy for control of Artemis itself. And that now her only chance of survival lies in a gambit even riskier than the first. What really? I'm trying really? to delete it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Every week I tell you that there's three different media levels for the volume, and, and apparently, and there's, apparently there's more up. than three on mine. 
This will be. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? What do you fucking say? <laughs> apparently, there's more than three on his. His 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 phone is apparently the most complicated phone <laughs> ever created. Jesus. Which is funny because Motorola's are supposed to be one of the easier of the Android phones to use. <laughs> This will be Lord and Miller's first real chance to build a cinematic world from the ground up, having worked with existing templates such as the Lego movie and their first two films based on 21 Jump Street. Uh, the Martian was a tremendous bestseller as a book, a blockbuster hit as a movie, but it remains to be seen whether Weir will work his storytelling magic again. Had me all excited. It was going to be the Artemis Fowl movie. Oh, damn it. They, you know what? I like that. Yeah, it does sound good, though. Yeah. It does sound good. I like that. I like that you have opinions, guys. Because yeah. we're going to do some red light, green light. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you bring my briefcase full of money? That's how my studio works. Your your briefcase <laughs> oh. full of golden shimmering light that nobody no. knows what's in it? But we got oh. a potted plant for you over in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> red light, green light. These are upcoming television projects. The gentleman will decide as executives... Where they accept the pitch. Red light, green light. John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, the writers of Spider-Man Homecoming, are developing a new sci-fi TV series for Fox called Proxy. According to Variety, the project is centered on a technology that allows online followers to live voyeur voyeuristically through the experiences of hedonistic young proxies on a remote island paradise. Green light. Daly wrote the pilot, will produce, with Goldstein executive producing. He will also join the writing staff, should the pilot get picked up. The pair have a long history in comedy. They have written and directed Vacation, starring Ed Helms in 2015. They also wrote Horrible Bosses, The Incredible Burt Wenderstone, and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs 2. This will be their first sci-fi project together, and the show will be a drama. Oh, you lost me at drama. <laughs> the, the proxies thing had you yeah Very last word well i mean considering their pedigree the pedigree right. yeah because i actually really liked burt wonderstone and vacation surprisingly was okay it was it was not the original movies i enjoyed it as its own standalone yeah creature. It's, it's its own thing horrible uh, bosses good one horrible bosses yeah the first one the second one was just dumb well, we can't like the first one now. Yeah. <laughs> so, first one was stupid too. You know, it's too soon to like that one now. Okay. So I don't um, understand what's happening. I don't right either. Now. All the bosses, Kevin Spacey. So we yeah. can't like it. Oh. So, I, I never um, watched him. Oh, he's, he's horrible. Hey, see, it's in the it's in the title. But yeah, more sci-fi. Why not? Green light. Proxies. Yeah, green light. <laughs> I'll green light it too. I'll green light it too. Yeah, it's. I was gonna say, and I'll red light Kevin Spacey after uh, okay. partially green lighting him last week. I was gonna say my opinions moot, but sure, green light. All of our opinions are moot. Yeah, the nature of life. Oh shit! I got nihilistic. It's the grease song. It's doing it to me. All right, red light, green light, gentlemen. Drew Barrymore. Okay. Okay. Is putting a new twist on the horror genre. With a twist. Black Rose Anthology, a horror anthology slated for the CW. Nope. <laughs> Lost me at CW. <laughs> oh, come on. That's funny. We just got through talking about anthology. Sure. 
It's That's a horror version of uh, Homeboys from Outer Space. Oh, no. <laughs> Told from the perspective of a legion of female characters, the season, uh, series intends to upend the classic horror trope of women as victims that has dominated the genre for decades. The series will examine themes including guilt, jealousy, repression, paranoia, insanity, sexual obsession, and ultimately survival with a contemporary flair. Barrymore will produce the show under her Flower Films outfit, uh, while Jill Bloatvogel will, who previously helmed MTV Scream, the TV series. Sorry, who? Did you just cop out like halfway through that last name? (laughs) Bloatvogel. Bloatvogel. B-L-O-T-E-V-O-G-E-L. Whatever, go with that. Bloatvogel. 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 Not important. She was behind the TV series, <laughs> is set to pen the pilot. Black Rose Anthology promises to mine the deepest, darkest fears inherent in the human condition from a distinctly feminine perspective. No, it won't, because it's on the CW, so uh, <laughs> red lights. And green I will light. green light it well, because you know, of... Yeah, go uh, ahead. I will green light it because of uh, the, uh, what, the Santa Maria diet. What, the, the, the Santa Clarita diet. Santa Clarita diet. You're ah. the only one that watched it. So I know. And it was that because it was amazing and much funnier than it should have been. All right. I will green light it because I think it's a good idea. I like okay. The, I like the concept. Um, plus, there's not enough female-driven drama slash or on television anyway, and also because I think the CW, they're going to have a little more leeway to do the things they want to do than you would on CBS, ABC, NBC. So All right. I, I hear Riverdale's kind of subversive. That's the, the Archie TV what show. I hear as well. Right. It, just, it just doesn't it's on my list appeal too. to me to watch. But I love my Flash. I love my Arrow. I love my Legends of Tomorrow. So why not? All right. Next one's kind of a three first, so we'll do each one individually. But over the overarching umbrella of Amazon, three new science fiction projects are being developed and produced by Amazon for 2018. According to Variety, the streaming service is significantly increasing its output of original content next year with 67 television shows and 20 movies already in current stages of pre-production, production, production, or post-production. Among them are three new titles in the sci-fi genre. So the first one. Comic book fans may be familiar with Lazarus, which is based on the dystopian coming-of-age comic by Greg Rucka. Uh, gentlemen even die in action comics, Batwoman, detective comics. Yes. Yeah. The series sees a world divided among 16 rival families running their respective territories in a feudal system with a young woman named Forever Carlisle at the center of it all. To protect themselves from each other, the families each have chosen a warrior to represent them called a Lazarus. Carlisle is the Lazarus for her family. Hmm. I like that concept. Fine. Green light it. Green light. Sure, green light. All right. This one you might be familiar with by name, Snow Crash. Wow. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Based on the Neil Stevenson cult novel, set to be a one-hour sci-fi drama, set in a not-so-distant future America. Next Sunday, AD. The story begins with Hero Protagonist, a hacker and pizza delivery boy who works for the mafia, navigating his way around the metaverse, a successor to the internet. 
The show is being executive produced by Joe Cornish, uh, who is a producer in Ant-Man, and Frank Marshall, a producer in Back to the Future. Yes. It had a lot of influence on... Uh, um, that's, a, that's a cyberpunk staple. Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> it sort of bookends cyberpunk with Neuromancer being the first novel. And Snow Crash sort of supposed to close out the cyberpunk movement. Oh. It was kind of funny because it was in many ways meant to be kind of a... A uh, uh, a parody, and uh, it ended up just being a great cyberpunk novel. It really, it really is. Hmm. And it influenced. It had a lot of influence. When you watch it, if you were to read it, you you would be, oh wow, Matrix is all over this thing. Hmm. I know it's so. been suggested to me by many over the yeah. years. How do how is hero protagonist spelled? H i r o. He's Japanese. Right. Protagonist. Man, I would swear Peter David had a character by that name, but I, I must be mixing it up. Well, I might have been inspired by that, too. In homage, if you will. Mm. So, Snow Crash, gentlemen. Red light or green light? Oh, yeah. Green light. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on board green light. Green yep. light. Finally, I'm happy to green light. Yes, yeah, I see some life in your eyes on this yeah. one. Yeah. I'll green light it, even though I really know nothing about the source material. So. Ah, going along with the crowd. All right. Peer pressure. We'll continue this, something you might recognize. Ringworld. Based on a 1970s sci-fi novel by Larry Niven, set in his known space universe and considered by many as a literary classic in the genre. The show will get to explore Ringworld, the remote artificial ring that lies beyond known space. The story's protagonist is 200-year-old Lewis Gridley. Sorry, Lewis Gridley Wu. He's in perfect physical condition due to the longevity drug he's been taken called Booster Booster Spice. Niven later (laughs) added four sequels and four prequels. Lesser known of the Spice Girls. Yes. (laughs) Which means there's plenty of material for the show's writers to play with. Now it's just really concentrated spice. Yeah, I'd say Halo owes a little something to Ringworld. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Definitely inspired by. So Larry Niven's 1970s Ring World as a Amazon one-hour series. Why not? Hmm. Green light. I'm yeah. sure. I love all the sci-fi coming out. Yeah. yeah. Green light. I like my sci-fi. Yep. I like that they're deep diving on Amazon the same way that sci-fi, you know, mining the old projects, the mm-hmm. classics, bringing them up. Right. Yeah. That's a Ring World's a, I mean Ring World's a great concept. I mean it just I I'm I'm surprised. I mean they did it in uh, Star Trek, right? They did a Dyson Sphere in Star Trek. Yeah, in next gen, yeah. Yeah. I think with them mining the older material, it's it actually seems perfect because it's just old enough that it's going to have a built-in audience wanting to see how it translates to whatever medium that it's being presented in. Sure. But because it's like just slightly on that older edge, fresh you know, for a new people. It's fresh yeah. for a younger audience too. So, you know, you've really got to cut the best of both worlds by okay. mining stuff from the six, late 60s and early 70s up through early 80s as opposed to just going way, way back with right. your your major literary quote-unquote classics. So. 67 TV shows Amazon's working That's on. That's crazy. That's a lot. That's nuts. Well, it's fantastic. It's fascinating, too, because I was just reading uh, something on uh, Forbes the other day about uh, Amazon and their production company just 
going all out producing all this stuff and they said and a lot of this many people will never ever 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 see even people that have a prime subscription so some of it never just makes because it. it'll be failed pilots or yeah whatever. yeah some of it never makes it on to sure. amazon some of it think? it's on there for a very short time doesn't get enough interest and they drop it so i mean there's just there's so many things working against it but to their credit amazon is throwing a lot of money at it just to, at the wall to see what sticks Hmm. Do you think they're they're worried because Netflix dropped those billions on all their on their their original stuff and they're like, oh shit, we're kind of getting left left well, behind well, what's, with all the Netflix original content? Well, it's interesting because that was the same that same article in Forbes was also addressing the fact that you know Amazon and Netflix are putting a lot of money into these things and they're really not turning a profit on them. Amazon's turning a profit in other areas so they can kind of support it whereas Netflix they're wondering how much longer Netflix can keep affording to buy all these movies and TV shows before they really just go broke because they're well, they you know like another billion dollars yeah, into it. Yeah. And I mean they're slowly, you know, it's not you know they're not hemorrhaging subscriptions but they're losing enough per year that there's not really much of a gain in oh i've i haven't watched netflix and fucking well and watching doesn't matter have you paid for it that is true yeah Ha-ha! yeah fine point oh. i have my moments i have this <laughs> weird desire to see failed pilots but there's no there's no profit in airing failed pilots, right? Those you, you those find their way to YouTube a lot yeah. of times, and some pilots actually are really good, but well, they I'm just don't have enough support. Like and some of them are just really, really bad. Like Heat Vision and Jack, I know that's out there right. on yeah. YouTube. Well, we have a copy like, of it yeah, somewhere. Well, I bought the yeah the bootleg DVD years ago. I remember uh, when I was in my early teens, uh, a friend of mine got. Uh, Starring Jack Black, and it was early attempts at television. We were we were in the mall just wandering around, as you know, early teens are wont to do in my day. I was um, <laughs> and uh, more. as early yeah. teens want to do, the young scraps. Uh, <laughs> we got we, we got approached by. Oh, so original. Let's go to the mall. <laughs> Grab the Mercedes. I've needed to replace this monocle for ages. We got approached. Ooh, they have by a hat shop. Do they have one? <laughs> I say, they have an orange Julius here now. <laughs> do they now? See, I hear they use eggshell in that. See, it's not funny when you do it, Andy, because you're old enough that that's probably... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you look at that, a Chipotle. They're really I, up in their game. I do oh. remember orange Julius fearing in the mall, yes. <laughs> uh, no, we Panda got... Express, let's explore the exotic. Oh, God. <laughs> So this is this is the early like uh, Trip to the Orient, my friend. Late late eighties, actually. <laughs> we we got approached by this uh, marketing oh, research McDonald's. person. This this, ooh. and they asked us both a bunch, uh, asked us both a bunch of questions. Spencer's gift, how ribald! <laughs> so, I'm just gonna keep going. Somebody out there cares about my story. Power on, Jeff. Power on. The small's really going down. This anyway, is a hot topic. Oh. So my friend Kevin actually got picked to to watch a couple of pilots. Like they sent home a few VHS tapes of stuff for him to watch. That's brand new. That's yeah. But that's you know like, that's no highly... internet back then. But you can yeah, still exactly. do a tape. That is the stuff that they used to do back then. So he took home, and I remember the one was this comedy, and it was just it was terrible. Like it was ridiculously not funny. 
just awful because I'm sitting there going, I'm like, you have to watch this? Is it? Yeah, I have to watch the whole thing, and then I have to fill out this questionnaire. I'm like, you poor bastard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it, I think they sent like three different pilots home with them, and I only got to see the one. But he said none none of the three of them were any good. So. The last time I did that was at Universal Studios. They have like a permanent setup there. Yeah. And I watched the pilot for the reboot of the Bionic Woman. Yeah. And I told them, don't do this. This is terrible. Mm-hmm. And they didn't listen to me, and they put it out there. Yeah. And it was still terrible. And, and it, it did only poorly. had one season, right? I don't even think... I don't even know if it went the whole season. Well, and, and then we used to here in Vegas have CBS Television City. Ah, yes. Who would... They would do all kinds of market research, because I actually went in um, and think- did uh, some research for Microsoft, and I got a free copy of like uh, Microsoft Office from my troubles. Well, that was nice. Yeah, that was really cool. But uh, I know I know a lot of people that went in and watched, you know, upcoming fall and 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 summer pilots. Like there were a few of those places yeah. around. There was CBS. There was one at the Venetian for. Yeah, I don't remember the, what the Venetian Valleys, was I called. Think. I think there was, was one inside Point Hollywood too. Are they still around, or are they? I think they, they moved along. Well, TVC's gone, right, Kirsten? I don't know. I actually... I don't remember. It wasn't where it used to be the last time I was in MGM I Grand. Could but have I could have sworn been. I saw recruiters working when uh, I was on one of the uh, tours that we would occasionally have to take at MGM. Uh, the uh, the f- your, your, your annual fire... Uh, safety uh, tours, yes. you know, and I, I thought oh, last time we did it a year or two ago, I saw recruiters out there. Maybe they're not making such a big deal out of it because the Venetian one was kind of low key. They'd be like, "Hey, yeah, you want to see an upcoming TV yeah, show and make twenty bucks? Yeah, you know, just, that's, that's, first one's free. Yeah, they're it was, actually it was real trained kind of to like you scope them out, and these are the people we want you to select. And it's really it's like funny. A big pigeon. women." We need women. We, you know, women who who look older than uh, college, or you know, you know, black people, non-white people, or something like that. They just it was really weird oh. s- setup as they do their demographic. I believe eighties is doing research. Apparently, it is still in the MGM there you go, brand, okay. and uh, yeah, yeah, yep. There you go. They're Come to website. Vegas and and Watch make your opinion pilots. heard. <laughs> Waste, waste your time. Watch a bionic woman. But you could have been in a theme park. <laughs> and make sure to say, don't do this. It's terrible. <laughs> don't do it. It's terrible, yes. Could have been in a theme park. Executives love hearing that. They did it at Universal Studios. Oh, well, and, and, and I know at Universal, they, they used to not just pull you in to watch like video pilots, but they would occasionally uh, pull you in to see like uh, the taping of a brand new show uh, or a or a pilot for a show so you would be the studio audience for something that may never ever get aired. I don't know if they still do that or not, but they haven't the last few times I've been to or at least I wasn't approached to do that the last few times I was Well, they Universal. weren't looking for your demographic, Jeff. Yeah, it's cuz I'm You were too awesome. busy being a villain to destroy the universe by sacrificing a friend. Stop right. telling everybody. I don't need everybody to know that I'm a villain. Red light, green light, gentlemen. All right. Skybound Entertainment, that's the multi-platform company created by Robert Kirkman and David Alpert, behind The Walking Dead and Outcast. They have nabbed the rights to adapt Frederick Pohl's 1977 first contact novel, Gateway, as a TV series. 
Skybound's film and TV arm will produce with Frederick Pohl IV attached to the project as the creative consultant. Uh, Gateway follows the story of a poor young miner, Robinette Stetley Broadhead, who buys a one-way ticket for Gateway. Robinette Stetley Moorhead? Broadhead. <laughs> Not important. Boy, Andy heard what he wanted to hear. Well, it's a minor. It's a minor named Rob. I mean, it's like we're back to the guys in the mall with the monocles. Robinette Stetley Moorhead. Not a young minor. The a, third. A, a minor. <laughs> right. A so, rock minor. Right. A minor named well, I, Moorhead. I'm, I'm how, thinking how, of Rusty, how disgusting. I'm thinking of Rusty Pete as opposed to Robinette Stetley Moorhead. <laughs> No, a rusty Pete is what you get when. <laughs> well, he's a he's a minor Finish minor, as in yeah. he's 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 a not oft referred to minor. Yeah, okay. Who buys a one way ticket for Gateway, a space station built into a hollow asteroid constructed by a vanished alien race, the Heechi, in hopes of a better life? Gateway is filled with abandoned spaceships, and despite the dangers, the ships are pre-programmed for unknown destinations meaning one can be blasting off towards certain death. The lure of riches proves hard to resist. The first of six novels making up the Heechi saga, Gateway won a bunch of awards, including the 1977 Nebula for Best Novel and the 1978 Hugo Award in the same category. It was even adapted into a video game in 1992, with a sequel, Gateway 2 Homeworld, being released for PC the following year. Okay, that's where I remember it from. Skybound not only snatched the rights to adapt the first novel, they also have the option for adapting all six books in the epic space opera. Gentlemen, red light, green light, Frederick Pohl's Gateway. I'm holding my vote until I hear Kirsten says, because he's obviously read it, as always. No, no, I, actually, I haven't read Gateway. Oh my gosh. But, um, what? Man. <laughs> what I, universe are we in? I actually was just, I'm not much of a Frederick Pohl fan. What, uh, uh, what uh, disaffects you from Pohl? Oh, I, it's you know what it's hard to even remember because I like tried pole when tr- I tried pole when I was a kid <laughs> and knew Did it wasn't now? for me <laughs> and uh, that was, was, it, was it, it true too dry <laughs> wow um, yeah I just I don't I don't even remember why I wasn't even particularly enamored of his stuff but I don't even remember what I tried to read wow mm. so but. I mean, this sounds cool. I, I, I know of the Heechee saga just by reputation, so it's an old classic. So, yeah, sure. Gateway. Green from Kirsten. Yeah, green. Green as well. All me, right. Me too. Green. Hmm. Yeah. Succumb to the red, pressure, Andy. Red. <laughs> oh, what? Andy. Why? Why red? Because uh, it sounds like a lot of stuff other people have done recently with you know Stargate and all that kind of stuff. But oh, not that for God's but. sakes, Andy! The way you draw these <laughs> done before. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is a guy. Well, it's a guy that you're not thrilled about. So that's why if, if you'd been all excited, I would have jumped on it. But he, you don't he, even care about this writer. He's the no no not the writer. This character, he's buying into mystery. And he's going through, and it's, it's, I mean, it's for, like, riches and stuff like that. It's not a military exploration thing. Um, I think that that right there is, is, is a big enough difference. Right, but the, 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 main, the main thing is you didn't jump all over reading Pole because you didn't care for him as a writer, and that makes me think. 
Well, you know, I mean, I think it's a commendable thing that I didn't jump all over poles <laughs> when I was a kid. You got to ease into pole a little bit. Uh, sure. Well, or the pole ease into you. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I'm going to go get some water. Right <laughs> so you're you red lighting. I'm still red lighting. Wow. Kirsten's not excited. He's green lighting, even though he's... Yeah, not excited. I can't help it if I don't get excited over pole. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Red light, green light, gentlemen. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. It's just, it's, sure. it, I mean, I'm not. Hey, if you're into pole, you're into pole. Yeah, and if pole's into you, well, it's, hey. <laughs> that's, that's, you know. Pole's not for everyone. No, yeah. definitely not. Yeah. Or the other six times he did this series. Red Light, Green Light, Deadly Class is based on an Image Comics comic book from co-creators Rick Remender, who did Black Science, and Wes Craig. It follows a disillusioned teen in the late 1980s who is recruited into a high school for assassins. There, our young hero fights to retain his moral compass while surviving a ruthless and possibly fatal curriculum alongside the usual high school struggles with social cliques and adolescent woes. (laughs) Except in a school full of killers. The pilot's ordered by Sci-Fi from Sony Pictures Television Studios and Universal Cable Productions, with the comic being adapted by executive producers Remender and Miles Feldsop. Also on board as executive producers are Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War directors, Anthony and Joe Russo. Green light. Yeah. The showrunner on the project will be Adam Targum, who's uh, behind Banshee. Don't know that one. While the pilot will be directed by Lee Tolan Krieger, who directed Age of Adeline, which I don't know either. But uh, it's a Deadly Class. Red Banshee, light, green light. Banshee is a show that's on uh, Showtime. or Cin- No, sorry, on Cinemax. Okay. Um, it's about a criminal who's gone to a, a town and taken on... The persona of this person that got killed or something, and so they think he's the their new sheriff, essentially. So you have a criminal. Oh, that's, green light. That's that's Banshee, and then uh, Age of Adeline, I think, is that uh, movie with um, uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife. What's like? What's her name? I can't think of it. Blake Lively. Blake Lively. Thank you. So that was a movie that was out a couple of years ago. Green light. Deadly anyway, class. Green light. Yeah. Uh, From... Yeah. I'll green light that one too. All right. It's just down to you, Andy. Harry Potter with assassins? Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll green light even. Though I don't know. Like Harry party. Potter's been done before. That's what I'm saying, man. That's the whole point. But still, that's the 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 the, the writer sound. All the, the people yeah. sound good. I mean, you know, it's another thing about kids. Fuck. Assassin yeah. Junior High, the new yeah. class. <laughs> Tor goes all over it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Could you put it like that? <laughs> what if the guys from Degrassi were assassins? I'm down. Yeah, I'm completely down. <laughs> Degr- the fan picture is being written right now. He loves assassin. Degrassassin. Degrassass. Degreasy. Degrassin. That's the word that you've heard. Damn it! This throws away conventionality. Belongs to yesterday. I mean, it's got to have teenage melodrama in it, so of course Torgo is going to be a life of illusion. Yeah, wrapped up in trouble. (laughs) What are we doing here? (laughs) Red light, green light, gentlemen. (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's laughing so hard he can't even laugh into his microphone. <laughs> yeah. I try not to take over the microphone without laughing. <laughs> David Cronenberg's 1981 cult classic Scanners is being developed for a TV series. Green light. <laughs> this is the third attempt at a remake of I know. Scanners and the second for television. The previous film and TV attempts both came from Dimension Films in 2007 and 2011. Scanners was the story of Consec, a security firm that hoped to use the titular scanners and their powers of telepathy and telekinesis as high-end agents. The first volunteer to be tested by Consec scanners is one himself, and a much stronger one which follows as a twisting and turning story with rival groups fighting superpowered battles and viewers trying to figure out if there is a good and evil side. Scanners as another attempt at a TV show. Sure, why not? Red light. Uh, green. green <laughs> wow, wow. Red, green. All I remember You're about, gaslighting me here. All I remember about scanners is exploding heads. Is it a lot of exploding heads or just one exploding head? Uh, the, I only remember the one. One really good, head. proper, best exploding head ever. Because mm. the others were like, you know, they were using their mental powers against each other, and then there was a lot of swelling, but no actual head explosion. That's just swell. And like <clears throat> bleeding eyes. and yeah. All right, green from three. Sure. Four. All right. Well, we're getting a lot of mileage out of that suitcase full of money. I yeah, mean. that's working <laughs> out. I'm going to have to use this more often. All right. How about this one? Red light, green light. ABC. Red. <laughs> ABC is working on a superhero comedy. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. I think you might have been right. <laughs> the show will explore the question, what is it like to be a hero in a world that treats you like a villain? The untitled show centers on a Middle Eastern American family with two superhero parents in a world where it is illegal to be a superhero. So the parents must save the world in secret. It's being developed by Larry Wilmore, an Egyptian satirist, physician, and television host, Bassam Youssef. Quote, at its heart, it's a family show about assimilation and the difficulties and the problems and the conflicts with assimilation, says Wilmore. There are so many issues immigrant families face becoming American. To combine this with a fantasy adventure show seemed like an interesting approach to a family show. No nope. quote. Red light. Yeah, green light. Yeah, the, the the when you first said superhero comedy, I was red light, but Larry Wilmore's got, got some cash in. Got a little further into it, and it's like that sounds interesting. So green light, yeah. God, I'm on the fence about this. I, mean, I, I love, really like. I love the Tick, but you know, so far for the most part, superhero comedies have been terrible. Sure, because <clears throat> I like Larry Wilmore, but, but su- you, superhero comedies just usually fail miserably. Get over that. So red light, huh? I couldn't get over that. When he says superhero comedy, I just shot my brain off. Walked out of the. That's when you shot your brain off. (laughs) (laughs) You know what, Andy? Especially coming from you. Interested to see if they can pull it off. So I'll green light it. There it is. We it's just a green light and show, gentlemen. They're they're developing some good stuff. I tried red light, but I was jumped on. Shut up, Andy. (laughs) Actually, only from one person. All right, fine. I got time Shut for up, one. Man. I got time for one more. We'll do one more. Red light, green light. The CW is developing a show called Project Thirteen, based on DC characters Tracy Thirteen, 
who first appeared in Superman 189 in 2003, and her father, Dr. Terrence 13, who dates back to 1951's Star Spangled Comics, number 122. Actress-director-producer Elizabeth Banks, from The Hunger Games, Pitch Perfect, is currently attached to executive produce the potential new show. The new one-hour drama would focus on Homo Magi, Tracy 13, a 20-something forensic scientist and believer in the paranormal who discovers her own extra sensory abilities when she joins her estranged skeptic father to investigate mysterious causes of the paranormal and the unexplained phenomena, unquote. This is where you chime in and say it's been done before. Right, it's mom and dad. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's father-daughter X-Files. Um but um, except uh, where Mulder or Scully actually have superpowers, have a, have a power, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Green. Hmm. Uh. I don't know enough about the source material. I'm gonna think All about right. it for a second. <laughs> wow. I'm gonna think about it for a second. Let let, uh, let the rest of you chime Deep in. Deep thoughts. <laughs> Green light. Green. Why not? All right. Okay. Sure. Yeah, he's been browbeaten. All right. Uh, we that's a quite a few red light green lights, gentlemen. I feel lighter already. Wow, light enough. Through, we plowed through all of the ones we had. No, I still have more. Oh boy, I still <laughs> have more, but we'll save them for another show. All right. What's your red light? <laughs> Racism. Oh, that's okay. a good one. Yeah, it's a good yeah. red light. It's a good red light. Uh, grease songs. You know, it's a green light for you, baby. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's a green light. Absolute <laughs> green light. What's your grease song? Write to us comments at uglycouchshow.com.song. <laughs> it's really got a hold of your brainstem, wow. doesn't it? <laughs> and until next week, I am Master T-Bird. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Sandy. <laughs> Maple Leaf Mike. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Wow. Oh boy! You can tell that's an Andy Gibbs song. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe you didn't know that, but once you know it, you can't miss it. Mm-hmm. That that feels that's an islands in the stream kind of. Yep, you you can't miss it. Although I was surprised by the Frampton on guitar, that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I uh, I en- I enjoy the fact they got Frankie Avalon to sing Beauty School Dropout in a movie. That is right. a glorious yeah. move. Yeah, a proper move. Yeah. I wonder if it would have been a different song if Barry Gibb had read it, uh, written it instead of Andy Gibb. No, you're, I think actually it was Barry Gibb. <laughs> oh! 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 Illegal oh, use of Andy. Yeah. <laughs> Flag on a play. Illegal substitution. No, no, no. Master no. Torgo. <laughs> it's a drink ten-yard penalty. But, but now, drink, now that you mention it, I, I'm seeing a Gib connection here. We we have our own Andy. We yes. have a Barry. Yes. <laughs> so we have a Kirsten Gib and a Jeff Gib. I'm 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 surprised you didn't uh, include the speculation or yo. Know, it's speculation. That's why you didn't include it, right? Yes. The this Disney is all speculation. Disney would take over. Uh, was it oh, Fox, oh, Fox, Fox Studios? Uh, just because I've seen things that those talks have already dropped, yeah, and mm-hmm. and so it's it seems like a non-starter. They were in talks at some point, but now they're not. Well, and apparently hmm. this is not even the first time that Disney has potentially bought the whole Fox back catalog. Yeah, but yeah, they they would have to do some major reworking because in the U.S. you can't own two television 
stations. Oh, don't worry. The FCC is working on that right sure. now. Yeah. Yeah, sure. So that Sinclair Broadcasting can cast a wider net across the country. So that, right. Uh, yeah. Um, well, hmm. uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Well, Deep no, he threw thoughts. me with the two two stations. Well, it's the two. Sorry, two. You can't own two networks. So right. Disney owns ABC as well as like cable networks, ESPN. I, mean, I think Disney was only looking at getting Fox's movies. Yes, that's yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. what they yeah. want. But I think Fox supposedly wanted them to take the whole kit and caboodle, which which they they would not yeah. be able <laughs> to like, do. They no. they couldn't because they couldn't pick up Fox Television or any of the Fox cable networks because those would be in direct competition with themselves. So would it be ESPN funny if and Disney, Fox Sports Disney would be bought it, took it all, and had Fox News and turned it on its ear? That would be magnificent. <laughs> that would be fascinating. Wow. Be but really, the, the undercurrent of this is what Max Men in the flyover states. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, X Men would be owned X, by X, Disney again. X Men and Fantastic Four. Which is, you know, we like the idea of that coming back under the Marvel umbrella. I don't know if I like the idea of them owning another whole movie studio worth of stuff. Sure. That really mm. scares me because I do like Disney and I do like some of the things they do. But at the same time, every time they pick up another company, it really scares me. you got this giant media conglomerate mm. that... Wants to throwing, own everything. They're already throwing their weight around by banning the LA Times. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Like, oh, and oh, the, the, the 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 Star Wars thing. Uh, oh yeah, with the, the Last Jedi, where they're yeah. now demanding uh, a bigger percentage of the gate. I think sixty-five percent of the yeah, gate. Yeah, and right. that they're mandating they keep uh, the movie theaters keep it on their largest screen for, for four, weeks. four weeks, which yep. really screws some places in small towns. In fact, small, yeah. In fact, there's some places that have put their foot down, say they're not getting the movie. Right. Okay. Good for them. Yeah. I mean, I hope it doesn't hurt them, but good for them. But no, I, I don't like the way that this weight is being pushed around because yeah. of this newfound power they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with the whole L.A. Times thing, because the L.A. Times dared to reveal that they had some shady tax things going on with the city, mm-hmm. so and financing things. So I don't know. I don't like it at all. Yeah, nope. so, that's all. Another far conversation, as I can, could, the, the, at this point, Fox can keep their X Men. Belittling and the media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, another rumor that's starting to get traction again after floating in the summer: Marvel licensing out publishing of comics. Have you heard of that? I haven't heard this at all. Explain what this is. Uh, the there is some talk that the the comics, the comic books, are actually not very profitable right um i mean marvel can make a profit on one of their i'm I'm sorry disney can make a profit on one of its marvel movies sure that equals the comic book industry as a whole and so marvel following into the realm of preserving ip and and keeping the ip up for bigger and better things there's rumors that they're getting out of publishing comics and like IDW, which has already picked up Star Wars, mm-hmm. is in the running for like the license to do Marvel comics. There would still be Marvel comics, but Wait. Marvel itself wouldn't do them. IDW picked up Star Wars from Marvel? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that. When did that happen? Uh, I was reading that somewhere. I have no, nothing to mm. add to that. I haven't heard nothing on that. Uh, crap. Mm-hmm. 
I don't have all that with me. And while but... he's sorting that out, yeah, I've uh, double checked. It is Barry Gibb. It is Barry. It is Barry. Of Gibb. course, it's Barry Gibb. Barry Gibb yeah. wrote all the songs I'm for Andy Gibb. Gibb. Talk right. show. <laughs> Talk about. Mm. Andy Gibb wrote the coattails all the way till he couldn't write anymore. Mm. And I wanna oh. talk to you. Or Andy Summers, one or the other. Though you may not want Andy Summer me Nights. to. Andy Summer Nights. Yes. I'm still gonna talk to you. Keep going. <laughs> On the Barry Gibb talk show. <laughs> Have you seen the... That was like the only Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon skit I ever found hilarious was the Barry Gibb. Because it was Strong him words. And, him and uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake playing. Uh, and let's face it, it was Maurice Timberlake. Gibb. Yeah, well, yeah, it was Timberlake. Yeah, that sold that one. <laughs> Star you, Wars. You want to know why Adventures. Jimmy Fallon is not very funny? Because he can't hold it together during any of his skits. He's always like, like yeah. breaking character. It just wrecks it. It, it's it's funny when it happens every now and then, but yeah, there's a point where you go, "Come on, keep it together, Mister." Well, right. it's it's like Actually, I understand uh, with Pleasant Police Department. That was pretty funny with Alec Baldwin. Okay, with the like, keys and the eating and all that. Yeah, when something is just so outrageously funny that the whole cast yes. breaks, that's a funny moment. If you're breaking all the time just because you find. Everything that's even not funny, funny. Mm-hmm. That's when you know you have a problem, and that's that's Jimmy Fallon, bit. right? Yeah. Tim Conway's elephant story still kills me. Nothing beats it, man. Yep. Nothing mm-hmm. beats it. Nothing. 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 Not Greece. Not Greece. <laughs> not not Frederick Pohl novels. But, but Greece is the word. Whether it's Pohl, Dick, or Moorcock, doesn't matter. Pole's Greece would have been an interesting story. Grease Pole Greece. Pole Greece. <laughs> there you go. Grease.